time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome along to Crunching Gears. Let's talk rallying. The rally podcast, episode thirty-one. Uh, Connor, once again, you're very welcome. Kevin, thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Uh, so, uh, in this episode, I suppose we'll take a look back at the the weekend we had a Crocus Rally in Greece. Um, our guys done us proud, but more of that in a few minutes. Uh, also, Wexford at the weekend. Um, absolutely thrilling battle there. And we'll then look forward to the Bushwhacker, the Oma Grand Prix this weekend. So with some very exciting guests, we'll hear from Brian Hoy, our new world champion, John Armstrong and Walt Crichton on their thoughts how the weekend won. And then from which we'll catch up with a world champion driver, you know, maybe from a few years ago, Mick Ahervin, and that was a thrill for me to speak to him. And I, well, I should probably put Andy Hughes in there first because he's the current turn white champion and he insisted I spoke to some Finnish bloke as well. But anyway... <laughs> Um, also, we get caught up with Danny Mullins and just you know a review from last uh, last weekend or from the last podcast. Um, so and then also Niall McGonagall then from uh, the Oma Motor Club, and that's I know that's exciting. He gives us a top twenty-five, so that's going to be something to look forward to before the end of the episode. But we'll start off in Greece, um, Connor. This you know the Rally of the Gods. It lived up to its name. It did. It did. It was. It had everything: <laughs> drama, suspense, oh, excitement, and and the downfall of Loeb. Yeah, uh, the goat was back. You know, <laughs> he was. He was back, and he was gone uh-huh. after we were all thinking he's going to bag another win. Boom. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What can we say? You know, um, fantastic day for. Well, maybe not, I'm going to say fantastic day for M Sport on the Friday. Maybe not such a good day for for Craig Breen. You know, his bad luck continues, but. You know, a point sure he dropped a few minutes, but for Loeb and Lebay, first and second going into Saturday morning, we thought, here we go, M Sport, the fortunes has turned, and it all went wrong the very first stage out Saturday morning. It did, it did. Alternator for Loeb couldn't couldn't do anything about it. Um, after the the first stage on Saturday morning, Lebay, what do you call it? Then had his own issues and punctures and stuff, and and yeah, and and then the the privateer. Rally one, um, Jordan, uh, Jordan Sedaris, is it? That's yeah, right, his yeah. his car then packed in in as well, mm-hmm. and then later in the weekend, Gus Greensmith had issues. Uh, so it really was oh, mm-hmm. there was so much riding on this for M Sport. There'd been so much hype and so much talk coming into Greece, mm-hmm. and I suppose because of the last couple of rallies, there was that much emphasis on what Loeb was going to do for them, and they were targeting to you know, a win in a second mm-hmm. or a third place. And it just fell apart. 
Yeah. Like, we're, you know, we, we were all so positive after Friday. We thought, yes, yeah. you know, this, you know, M Sports by, you know, this is great. And, uh, you know, but, you know, the, the talking point of the weekend has to be high on the, like the, the team we were all writing off at the start of the year, look out at the podium and, you couldn't say they were lucky. It's thoroughly deserved. Luck didn't come into it. That team has turned that car around. Mm-hmm. They looked at how badly they performed in Kenya. And they got their fingers out and they did something about the reliability of the car. And Tanak is on a mission. Mm-hmm. Whatever is behind that, he's on a mission. Yeah. Himself and Neville are not seeing eye to eye. And one is trying to outdo the other. And with it is coming some great competition. Yeah. And like, you know, is it good for the team? Probably not. Is it good for us, as, you know, as ardent fans watching this? Probably is, you know. <laughs> it's given us something to talk about. Uh, you know, the, the summer and rivalry there. Well, it's not even summer, it's bubbling at this stage, you know. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, it's public. It's, it's very public. Yeah. Um, it's it's nearly going to split that team in two. Yeah. You know, Neville's happy with the manager. Tanik isn't happy with the manager. There's two camps in Hyundai. And then when you have their head of motorsport has to get in and give the command mm-hmm. with two stages to go, right, lads, settle. Yeah. There's no competition between you. Yeah. And yet Neville still comes out and goes quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. And then, um, and, then, and then Tanik, you know, went out and blitzed the power stage. But I suppose that for him, it was important to get the the point for the championship. You know, yeah. he'd already dropped points for the finishing second with the with team orders. So I suppose. And then Toyota, um, you couldn't say they're having a slump, but you, it's not good. <laughs> Something's not right. Yeah. Something isn't right. Those cars are not performing. They're not getting the traction. They're not getting the stability mm-hmm. on the slower parts of you know the slower stages yeah and and cali and just i don't know between belgium and, and and now you know in greece two stupid mistakes mm-hmm. yeah like i can't see him throwing away the championship but it's, he's, he's going to make it a fight <laughs> it, well it's his to lose now yes. it really is mm-hmm. and you know okay it's a slim chance that tanik can do it but cali's gone to new zealand he's never competed there before yeah. so this is new to him mm-hmm um, he's then going to go to Catalonia um, for Rally Spain, which is going to be tarmac. So not best suited to him. And you've got OJ probably, you know, you've got OJ is going to do two, maybe three of those rounds. We're waiting mm-hmm. for confirmation. So if OJ is there, that's taking points away from Cali. Yeah. Because I don't see OJ going to do Japan or New Zealand or if he does Spain to come second or third. No. No, he's going to be there to one. Yep. Yeah. And if there's an error, if there's something Cali does wrong, if there's a mechanical issue or whatever, yeah. there's points gone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, there's I, enough I, points left there for Tanik to win this championship, but it's going to be slim. Yeah, and you have to imagine the hierarchy and the Toyota team will be looking for a strong performance in Japan. You know, they're going to want a lockout nearly almost as the podium there. You know, so. There's going to be huge demands on that team before the season's out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I don't know. It, it's funny from a couple of rallies ago, it all looked very safe and mm-hmm. secure and in the bag. And now I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And then, you know, with Craig Breen, will touch on him there. You know, the, the, the puncher, uh, you know, after that, strong enough performance over the weekend, you know, good times, uh, come away with third in the power stage. So, you know, has to take some positives out of it. 
you know, overall, I hope he does. Yeah, hopefully he does. You know, because I hope he does. yeah, like the you know the two minutes or whatever it was he dropped on the Friday. You know the way he dealt with that, he didn't get it. They didn't let it. You know, get the better of him. He went out and they drove a good rally. Then after that, and you know, hats off to him. And Tam- Takamoto uh, was the leading Toyota, I think, at the finish up as well. You know, yeah. so you know, is he is he a world champion in making? Not yet, but he's improving in every event. And you know, with Aaron on board, that's great to see. But I suppose our main interest was in the the junior world championship this weekend. Um, Absolutely, I was glued to it. Glued yeah, to it. I, I was know. more interested in that. The only thing that was pulling me back to the the the, the, the you know the rally ones was Loeb, and then when Loeb was gone, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yeah. And like to see John go out and stamp his authority on the you know the first stages. No, you know we started. Did we dare to dream? Almost, you know. Uh, unfortunately, you know punctures, and we know how rough the stages are in the crocus. You know the punctures robbed them. I had to stop and change a wheel. And that was always going to be difficult to come back from that. But by God, did he did he stage a comeback? He did. Like to close that gap from from being a minute and thirty he lost change in the wheel to nearly I think there were two minutes behind at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, that when they finished the power stage, the last stage, he was seventeen point five seconds behind yeah. Robert Veeves. Like wow, yeah. Like we know the talent of the guy. It's without yeah. question, you know, the speed, the talent, the determination. Um, it's it's without question. I, I, you know, I I would have no fear in saying I think he's one of the most talented guys in this island at the moment, bar none. Uh, you know, people can con- contradict me if they want, but I'll nail my colours to that mask. And you know, yeah, had your heart had to go out to him after the weekend. Um, you know, what more could he have done? Like um, we'll catch up with Brian Hoy here in a few minutes, but like they talked about it after the event, and they said, "What would you change? Nothing. You know, they had, you know, they couldn't, you know, they can't dictate when there's going to be a puncture. Things like that is out, outside their control. The way that they regrouped and come back again, it's hats off to the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you think of how far down the field they're running, mm-hmm. roads are rough, they're rotted. It, it, there's big chunky sharp rocks strewn all over the roads mm-hmm. y- you know to you're guaranteed you're going to get a puncture nearly uh, mm-hmm. especially yeah. where they're running so yeah. it, it's just mm-hmm. uh it was it was it was unfortunate you know again to be just pipped you know like spain last year he was pipped mm-hmm. and you know and again runner up this year it's just it, it's tough like mm-hmm. the For lad sure. needs a break for sure, for sure. And then or like Will Will and Liam coming in at Fabulous Third at the finish up as well. Absolutely. Too. You know, a great way to round off the year for them. You know, it's been a trying year. They've had some mechanical issues and you know, self some self-inflicted issues as well. Obviously, you know, we're not saying that. But um, you know, to finish third in the final round has to give them good heart going forward. You know, at you know, Will is one of them real likable lads. He's always made himself very available anything we have asked. And you know, you just love to see him doing well, and we know how well he goes when he's at home. Like he is a class act as well. He is. He's a credit to the MI program, a credit mm-hmm. to himself. He's a fantastic driver. He is a, such a likable lad. And again, had his own issues, you know, in Greece. Mm-hmm. He it didn't go smoothly for him between punctures. They had a problem with the wheel hub uh, on the Saturday and stuff. So again, himself and Liam, they kept the head up, kept the head together and and fought on and came at home a really credible third place. Yeah. And you know we'll catch up with Brian Hoy now, our, our world champion. You know this has you know this this whole podcast is about celebrating the best of what we have and to 
proclaim a world champion is. It's pretty sweet, I have to say. So let's hear from Brian. So I'm talking now to the 2022 Junior World uh, Champion, co-driving champion. Brian, that's some title. It <laughs> is. I suppose it's only a couple of days ago. It's, it's still hard to believe now. There's Funny, I just, from the very start of the year, I had a song that I listened to every time that I was training or doing something. And when I come home this morning, I got into the shower and I was sat and listened to it. And I just kind of started to sink in, Nick, that this is what I've been thinking about for since February, since I got that call. Like, and I was just sat thinking, she's just done now. Like, you know, that's just, uh-huh. just <sighs> it's have to pinch yourself at times. Yeah. And how did, the, how did the seat come about? Because you'd never really sat with John before. I had never sat with John. I'd say in person, I had seen John half a dozen times in me, and he only lives. He was only reared fifteen or twenty miles away from me in Cash. And whenever he done well in a rally, he text me, or I text him. Whenever I done well in a rally, he text me, and we'd we'd always acknowledge each other if we seen each other at a rally. But we were by no means friends or anything like uh-huh. that. There, and he, I had seen that he was looking for support on on the internet on that day and I was just thinking about it to myself and I went home that night and myself and I was sitting in the house on the sofa and she said she was going to bed and I said I'll just go to the toilet and I'll follow you up and literally he just texted me what's the crack and I just thought something funny here now and <laughs> this was all the same day that I had seen him looking for, for backing and all and I thought and I just texted back oh not so bad how are you keeping it I was sitting with Callum at the time he's washed your plans this year I me and Callum's uh, planning on doing the Irish tarmac just and giving it a good rattle. He just said straight away, well, that cuts me out. Uh, I was thinking of asking you to come and sit with me. And I just thought, and I just thought what is happening here? Like, and I said, just, just hold on a minute. What are you planning to do? And he says, would you come to Sweden and we'll take it from there? And I says, I, I'll have to let you know, John, because I have work to think about. I have family to think about, Aoife to think about, all the rest. And I says, I'll just have to let you know here. And he says, right, that's dead on. And I says, look, it's about 11 o'clock at night now. Just just let me think about it in the morning. And I walked up and I said to her, I says, John Armstrong's after texting me there, asking me to go and sit with him in Sweden. And I said, I'm not exactly sure if it's after happening or not. And um, she said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, look, what's the point in rallying all your life if you're going to not not take something like this opportunity and she says well go and do it if you think it's the right thing to do go and do it and I said well I'm going to have to speak to my father and mm-hmm. I, I spoke to him about it and uh, he says he says oh, I was sure whatever you think he always likes you to think about the thing himself and mm-hmm. John texts me about 8 o'clock that morning just so you know I was chatting to Miko who's the logistics manager in M4 Poland I stuck your name down for Sweden anyway I'll give you a shout in a bit so I kind of didn't really agree to it at all, I suppose. <laughs> but he knew that I wasn't going to say no. Uh-huh. But it was okay. It was just from the very start, like even from that day, he started to text me sort of information through, and I just knew the way that he conducts himself was just. It was something that I had never seen before. I had heard that he was very thorough and all the rest, but it was just. Definitely not by no means, but <laughs> the way that it's it's probably all on his shoulders, the whole the whole organizing, the whole thing, and he booked the whole flights and it was just so and then when we met in Sweden, in the airport in Sweden, we were sitting chatting like we still didn't even know 
know each other. And I thought this could end up being a queer long week, you know, if we don't I hit it off. Think, uh... And we just got chatting and chatting and chatting and, and it was just, oh, there wasn't a bad word. The whole season, throughout the whole mm-hmm. season, we never spoke one bad word to each other. There was there was differences of opinion and we sat down and spoke about them and thrashed them out. And there was times we were tired and times it was hard, but it was there was never one bad word spoken. I never heard him speaking a bad word to anybody either. You know, that was... And I don't. He never heard me speaking a bad word to anybody either. Like, but it was, it was just amazing, just the way it all worked out, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, the, you know, you talked about the way you gelled from the start, like right from the get go. You know, we think of Sweden. You've got the one there, like so. Obviously, the partnership in the car was, was working every bit as well as the partnership out of the car. You know, to be honest, and John would probably tell you himself, and we did talk about this. One of his maybe downfalls is that he put so much pressure on himself. And he went to Sweden, and I know rightly, he didn't know whether I was up or not. And uh, he, uh, there you are, mm-hmm. he said he, he didn't know whether I was up for the job or not. And he uh, said, look at this time, we'll go, we'll see how it goes. This is going to be rally. We'll go and have a bit of fun, try in jail, and we'll go from there. And uh, like, I remember we turned into Shakedown. He got a new helmet. The 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 uh, intercom was wasn't working. We actually stopped and got it fixed, and we started. He he shook my hand. The start of the season, he says, "Look, at, we'll take it steady in here. Shakedown counts for nothing. We'll just have a, a bit of fun in here, and we'll see how it goes." And I looked through the pace notes before we started. There was two minute intervals, and there was about three pages in. There was a four right, and I thought, "Well, it's flat out to there. I'll know by we get to that page what the crack is here." And he took he never let out of her until we got to that. <laughs> If this is us, I don't know if I'm going to be fit for this or not. <laughs> we got to the end, looked at the board, and he says, hey, we're four seconds up on Sammy. And I was just sitting, he says, hey, all right. And I said, hi, I think I am. <laughs> I had never went, like, he was completely backways going into some corner, setting the car up, and it was just, I'd never seen anything like that on a loose surface. So it never rallied in snow even. Yeah. And then off we were maybe seven seconds down in the first stage that was that first stage in sweden was probably the worst stage we ever done together we just didn't just click and we came to the end of the i says i know them notes weren't what do you want he says no they weren't and we spoke about it at the start of the next season well what do you want he says you call the note the once and i'll hear it and if i don't i'll let you know and we started that there and it was just there was one stage we came to the end i said to him if that stage never ended i'd have been happy enough it was just unreal and then that probably set us up for the rest. Of that being that close, like it was for two point three seconds, we won by like, yeah. and being that close, it was just it set us up for. We kind of knew that we could take anybody then, you know. Mm-hmm. We thought we, could, yeah. like we knew that on a Sunday morning in a, in a rally that we weren't going to be feared. That mm-hmm. and even right till the end there, uh, and there was fifty six seconds in it going in on Sunday morning there. We still believe that we could do it now. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, but we weren't. You know, we. It wasn't through like a you know commitment and focus well, and hundred uh, percent belief. I suppose really. Yep. We had it in our head that we could do this in Sweden. We held off in Sweden from a man that was rare than snow, uh-huh. and we can still do this. Like, and even going into the last stage, we still believed that we were going to do it. It didn't work out, but look at 
mm-hmm. it was out of our control what happened like yes for sure for sure and like you know it's a massive commitment to you know to go and do that it's not just a matter of turning up in the event and going like you have the week uh-huh. before it's you know it's all that work that goes on tape with it we don't see it it completely changed the the way my life operated like it just but before that week we were going out every weekend and we were going for feeds, myself and Aoife, me and the boys, all that just stopped. Like there's, It was just everything was revolving around rallying and getting fit for rallying and every evening after work, reading regulations and preparing for recce's and look, it's a dream. It's it's not hard work. It's, <laughs> it is hard work, but it doesn't seem to work at all. Yes. But um, it was just... It just changed the whole thing like and all you're thinking about is the next rally and the next rally it is very easy to get tied up on it and not appreciate what you're doing and to be fair we always said that we have to enjoy it because you don't know when these things are going to end That's for sure. like, I remember whenever myself and Callum was doing the European Championship I remember you, I used to think heading away for another week and oh and then when the lockdown came I'd have been quite glad to get away whenever we <laughs> went to Rome and there was only four people on the plane, including me and Callum. <laughs> I was quite happy to be on a plane to get away again. Yeah, for sure, for but, sure. Um, and you talk, you know, about that commitment, you know, you have and them errors and all, but then, you know, you have a business at home, like, you have, you know, yeah, your partner, like, they have to put a lot of things on hold, you know, uh, maybe definitely. a wedding on or something, she has to go on her own or, you know, all them uh, things, you know, it's not just a one-man band. Oh, definitely not. You need, you definitely need a lot of people around you. Like, and I have a fella there, a fella Ben Balfour that, that kind of runs the place when I'm away. And now we have a great agreement. Whenever he needs away, he gets away. But whenever I need away, nothing's a problem to him. Like, I have often, he is often meant to be off on a Saturday and maybe we get a test before the rally and no problem, I'll do it. And he runs between him and my father. They look after the whole thing whenever I'm away. And Aoife's working away there and... She did get to Portugal now. I have to say, she, she got away to Portugal to the sun for four or five days. The, the Barry McNulty brought her over, and they had a great couple of days now. But no, it, it definitely, as you say, there's been nights out that I went and wasn't drinking, and then I didn't go. And it was, it is hard, and you do, you definitely do need a great network of people around you. Like, and then there's some days you think, oh, I'd be better away from this whole scene. I'd just be happier just working. And, there's people that you could phone on then that and there's boys and they know exactly who they are that mm-hmm. you could rent any day of the week and that they talk you around. They don't let you leave anyway. Uh, and then you know, like there has to be days like like say last weekend you're you know in the Olympic stadium stadium in Greece. Like that has to be like a pinch yourself moment. Like we were driving into Greece. We, we had a mighty man with us there. He joined us in Portugal in William Avite. He was we were talking John asked me, he, he he did say from the start of the year, we'll manage Sweden and we'll manage Croatia on our own because there was no, there's often nights that we go away and stay in a different hotel for the recce and all. And he says, that that's no problem. But in Portugal, we need to bring somebody with us. And he says, do, do you know of anybody? And I said, like, William Avidi will be 100% John Armstrong if he's asked to do this. And he, he was the same as any of the rest of us. He got no money out of it, not a penny, and it cost him money. But he was a great, great addition and he was so much helped us. And when we were, he drives us everywhere. We were sitting in the back of the car going down the road the other day. And uh, he's a great man at talking and to keep him quiet is not simple. And But you can tell him something at the same time. If you tell him to be quiet, he'll do it. But he, we were going down the road to Athens and it was killing him that he couldn't get talking. 
and uh, we pulled up at the stadium and we were in the back of the car and I just looked out and I heard like this is like something you'd see in the television like um, there was nobody about then we walked in the stadium was empty we had to do the recce on foot and I was just kind of thinking Geez, this is mad and somebody said there's 55,000 seats in here and it's sold out it was actually Paul Nagel told us that it was sold out and I thought not a chance like it's 4 o'clock now this stage starts at 8 no way is it and we went away and took a took dinner and stuff and came back and we went through a couple of stages for the Friday in the car and the next they started to play the Greek national anthem and I thought there's an awful awful noise in that stadium and me and John kind of lagged ourselves in in through the back and got in for a look and oh the place was packed there was cameras there was helicopters above you it was just and and at the time the time all I was thinking about was what time are we getting in when do we need to be at the car but I was actually texting a fellow this morning. I seen it on my phone that I'd sent him a video and I looked and I just thought, that is absolutely mad. Like, you know, and even throughout the year, there's places that you'd see now on the television and you'd think, hold on a minute, I was there this year. Like, and going around that volcano stage in Azores, yeah. that set dad, like, it was, you just have to pinch it. Like, we were going along in the wreck and I was trying to look out over the edge of it. And Niall McShay had texted me saying, watch, you don't fall out over the edge because remember, you're only the second Manet man to ever go over that stage. And I, you just, it's just when you get messages like that there, you just think, geez, and like I looked up to him all my life, like, yes. and then him texting you something like that there, and he was even, he was texting me there at the weekend, and it's just, it is just a bit mad, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. And you talk about, you know, the strong team, Wally and the Vitty, uh, Barry McNulty, these guys, they had a fun uh, night for you there in Cash uh, back in August. Like, that is way over and beyond what anybody should be doing. And they've done that because they wanted to be, as you talked about, they were going to be John Armstrong. They just, they came to Portugal with us. That was probably the start off of it. Um, my father and Barry and his girlfriend and Aoife and all Marty Leonard, all them ones came to Portugal. And they seen then the work that, that we were putting into it because Willie had come home. Or no, that was Willie, that was Willie's first event as well. And he was, he, they were all just, blown away by the amount of work it takes to do one of them rallies mm -hmm. and they knew and it was no secret that the money was tight like and they came home and they said we'll do Estonia and we'll see if we're still in the hunt we'll get the money and that was agreed with and they then pair of boys just took that on like and John would tell you too if it was left to me and him it wouldn't have happened like them pair of boys took that on and just Every day they had me tortured. Every day they were looking about something done or you know minor things. Uh, and I remember think I remember thinking one day, oh, gee, I have to go and do this. And I just thought to myself, no, hold on a minute. Look what these boys has done for us. And like uh, they got every single one of them auction items and raffle prizes organized by themselves for no. There was no cost involved. It was just, uh, it was just amazing what they done. Like and even besides the, the amount of money that was raised, it, the amount of people that got enjoyment out of that night was yeah. just, I was just standing there and we, obviously we weren't drinking or anything and we were just, I was just looking around and everybody enjoying themselves and all. It was just, it was amazing. And we wouldn't have been in Greece only for that. Like, yeah. and I, I don't think them pair of boys know that because every time you say to them, you say, oh no, but sure, it had to be done, but it yeah. didn't have to be done. Like, you know, no. it wouldn't have been noticed if it wasn't done. Yes. That's, that's the you thing, yeah. Uh -huh. They used up, them boys is about rallying a long time and they used up some amount of their favours yeah. for us, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it has to be acknowledged, like, and it's, it, it was definitely a massive, massive event. It was, it was just, 
it was amazing to stand and see all that going on. Like. Aye. We always talk about in this podcast about, you know, the rally family. You know, the rally family took you that night and lifted you up. You know, if you think of like Andrew Nesbitt, you know, Josh Moffat, Alistair Fisher, all them people come there, you know, because they wanted to be there. Michael Dunlop, you know, people like that had no need to come, but they wanted to come and support the, you know, exactly. the, the family. There's a, there was a lot of people there that wouldn't have been noticed if they weren't there. Yeah. But they made it their business to come. Like, like Josh Moffat and Sam, they did not have to come. Like, and, mm-hmm. you know, they owed nobody nothing there. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just, it was, it would have blew, like, you know, it just, what, what sold it for me was Niall Creighton and Gregory, who has been at every rally with William and Liam out in the, and they're racing against us. Like, and, and there doesn't be much in it at times. Like, mm-hmm. them boys showed up that night and Niall Creighton put up a great prize and all. Like, and it's just, you know, we were raising money to go and race against them boys <laughs> and they were over the moon to be raising money to get us there and it's just you wouldn't see it you wouldn't see no. it anywhere else. No. but to have them boys along with us out there too was really it really was yeah. like the, the, that left there was there was maybe 10 or 15 of us we used to we were calling it the irish embassy where was the <laughs> we used to stay when we went in the into the the catering tent Where's the Irish Embassy setting up this morning? And we'd all sit around the one table, and the, everyone else thought it was it was great too. Like was uh-huh. sitting, taking dinner, and making each other tea and stuff, and and then going out to the stages and going hammer and tong, race each other. Like. I like you but, know we've uh, seen that the the friendship that developed there between you know yourselves and uh, Wall and Liam. Like that was a very strong bond. And as you say, once the, the clock was ticking. No prisoners, but out of the you know, you did seem to be really good, genuine pals. Oh, 100%. And like when Willie, Mavitti, and Niall and Gregory was doing kind of like recce feeds and stuff for us, like they'd always park in the same place. And we'd pull in if we were 10 minutes ahead of Liam and William, or they were 20 minutes ahead of us, they'd pull in and they'd wait on us. And we'd take our lunch together and we'd go on then. Or oh. if there was a speed camera on the road, or if there was something that Liam wasn't happy with or something that I wasn't happy with, you just ring him and say, hey, did you see that? And he'd say, no, no, sure, that's the way it's done. And I'd say, oh, you're right. And then the next day I'd say to him, there's a wee bit there on the road, book. just how much does that sure of that? And then mm-hmm. he'd go back and he'd say, just thanks for that. You know, it was, uh-huh. it was amazing. Like, and, and I wouldn't have knew them boys that overly well before, but it was just mm-hmm. having them there. And you do have to just to to appreciate all that was done, you know, and, we went for dinner night time and we used to like he'd text me in the morning, What time are you going there in the morning? And we'd all meet there in the morning and we'd take and John and William would be sitting doing recce notes and going through videos and watching the lives and, and we'd be sitting taking the tea and John <laughs> like at the weekend there, John Coyne and all was there and it was just it's something else. Like and Josh McLean was with him there and mm-hmm. James Fulton was in floating about and it's there is for such a small wee spot, the amount of people that is heavily involved in world rallying from Ireland is mm-hmm. it, it hardly. Yeah, and it's, it's brilliant, and that's what we you know we like to celebrate that. So, like, come Sunday, you know, you should get in there on Sunday morning, fifty odd seconds behind. You had this belief that you could still do it, crossing that line and discovering you know you fell short. You're the champion, but John's not. That must have been a bit surreal, uh, awkward. I don't know what's the word. <laughs> Uh, it was just like we tried the, the deal we had at the start was we knew there was four runners in the race and on the third stage of Friday morning two of them retired 
So that was, we'd half a chance then, as long as we got to the end. We knew as long as we got to the end of Friday, still going, we'd be all right. The puncture, we changed the puncture in a minute and 16 seconds, like, and it was it was tight going. Mm-hmm. And thought, I had it in my mind that we'd win by a small margin and the puncture would win the rally first instead of losing the rally first. It didn't happen, but it, we still believed on Sunday morning that we were still going to win that. And until we came to the stop car on Sunday evening, we still believed that uh-huh. we were going to win. Yeah. And it, it was like he caught my hand and we were going over the finish line and he held it till we got to the stop car. And then to see them sitting there, and obviously they had the spit times when we were going through the stage and yeah. on the roof of the car with the big Estonian flag. And my father and all the boys that was over with him was standing there and it was just, mm-hmm. we sat in the car for maybe five minutes and we just thought, we didn't say anything, there was no no yeah. speaking. It was just, I knew nobody else, I don't think any of the rest of the boys knew, but I knew that I had won the co-drivers, but I didn't want to win it on no. my own. Like, no. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, the title meant everything to me, but it was next year's plans that meant more to John. You know, yes. he was kind of on the, the drive for next year. Obviously, it was an amazing prize. Like, and mm-hmm. It just wants to be, and it's just he just has to go back now and start from square one again if he's going to try and put something together for next year. But here, he's he has done it more than enough times now, and he definitely proved that he has the talent, like, yeah, you know, uh, that, that natural talent's there. You know, nobody can deny that he has the speed, oh. he has the talent. You know, it just needs a wee bit of luck somewhere along the way, doesn't it, to get that break? Yeah, I, that's the thing. And But then he got up yesterday morning, we were talking, we went for a wee bit of breakfast, and, and I said to them, I straight boys, this, the day after what we've been looking forward to for the last two months, getting, and I said, I know we've we one title home, it's, it's only half the job, but... It's if you were getting on the plane to, tomorrow morning to go back to Greece to do what we done again, what would you do different? And he said straight away, he said nothing. And I said, well, there's your answer. Uh, you know, yeah. he said there's not one thing. We went to Poland for three days to test last weekend before the rally, and it was just it just everything just went to clockwork. And mm-hmm. there was a puncture denied us just, and that yeah. was it. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it was just one of them things. But he. We, it was it was a massive effort, but it just wasn't to be on the same. And mm-hmm. it is unfortunate because out of the whole drivers that's in that championship, he's probably the only one now that has no plans for next year setting stone already. And it's hard to, it is hard to stomach it. Like, but, yeah, because he can't do the juniors next year. He has to progress them to something else in next year. Just, just very hard to get to get that money gathered up and to go back mm-hmm. to this probably the same people that you're trying um, to, to buy. You know, it's it's it is hard. To, it's hard to know where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. But he he's he's dedicated enough to try it, and we'll definitely try it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's nothing organised yet. But here, you don't know what could happen. Well, this is it. You never know. And like for yourself, you know, you have to take on board that you are a world champion. Nobody can take that away from you. Like you talked about, it, you know, in February, you had you know you had a plan to do the Tarmac Championship with Callum. Now you're a world championship. You know, you you will go and you will get a trophy with you know uh, whoever becomes champion at the end of the year, whether that's Cali or Panic. You will be up on that stage. <laughs> they said that to me yesterday, and I remember in two thousand and four when Neil McShay won the world title. Like I remember him talking about going to that there, and I was only mm-hmm. eleven years old, and I remember thinking that is mad. He was yeah. there with all 
them people like and, and like he talks about Peter Solberg and all just uh-huh. just like I be to you like you know and, yeah. and just you have to pinch yourself that that's where you are now like and mm-hmm. we, it was a big homecoming for him that time and all and it was ah it was it's talked about in 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 from stay like but it's and no, it, it is. And you will inspire that next generation. You know, somebody will be looking up to you and thinking, I can do it because he's done it. You know? mm-hmm. I, I have a wee brother there and he just he just thinks that this is amazing. And there's not only him, there's, there's loads of people that would be ringing me there and chatting to me. And I, I, it would be, it gives me as much satisfaction doing the thing myself as going to help somebody else or trying to put somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to help. Because Paul Nagel helped me a lot and a lot of people that didn't have to help me help me a lot. I remember I sat in Portugal when we done the first rally, me and Callum, the first WRC, and everybody was there. Meek was there, Sordo, Breen, everybody was there uh, in this whole intent before the rally. Uh-huh. And Nagel out of the crowd and walked over and sat down and me. I was trembling with fear. And he says to me, what's the crack? And I said, no, there's no absolutely no crack, Paul. There's none because I don't know if I'm fit for this or not. Like, And I remembered him. Every time I see him, I think about the day that he got up from all them boys there, like uh, over and all over, and said to me, "What's the crack?" You know, and uh, that's the kind of person that I'd like to be to somebody else. You know, yes, not that um, nowhere near his level, but at the same time, if I could help somebody uh-huh. to to further themselves, that's what you want to do for sure. And when you see, you know, this MI Academy, you know, the drivers and the co drivers coming up through, like there's such great initiatives there for young drivers coming up through and co drivers, uh, and that. That whole setup there has just brought everything on. Like it's it has just closed the gap between World Rally and an Irish Rally. And you know, it's mm-hmm. it them boys there, they've a great structure set up. And if you need to know something and and they give me loads of help throughout the year, you know, and there they are there are they given loads of chances. Like you look at what Josh is doing and there's loads of young co drivers there that mm-hmm. is getting chances through that there and it's it's definitely a great thing to be involved in. Like and I have to say, only for them would have left my year a lot more stressful now. And, and Sean McHugh and John Coins at every rally, and they're always supporting you and giving you heads up here. And I was actually out at, I was out standing chatting to a couple of the boys that had come over on, on Saturday night. Saturday night, I think it was. Uh, no, it was Friday night. And I had brought my dinner out to chat to them, and John Coyne came out. And he says, I just noticed you didn't eat your dinner there. You have to be eating. And I had a fork in my pocket that I had eaten. I give it back to him. And I said, you, you take that in there, John. You don't have to tell me to eat. But he's, all, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's always looking out for you. Like, and, and he, he laughed at me. And he knew he was God. Uh-huh. But uh, laughed at it. But it's, you know, them boys, has, they have a massive working place there for, for bringing people on. And it's definitely, it is, it's a massive help to people to try and to bring people into the world championship or European events or delighted for Brian to pick up the, the, the junior world champion co-driver. It's fantastic. And uh, I also caught up with John and Will. So William, John, thank you very much for joining us. Um, it looked from, from, from where I was sitting over the weekend following WRC.com, um, it looked a very tough, a very rough, a very hot, dusty, difficult event in Greece. How was it? William, how did you find it? First time in Greece to compete? Yeah, the first time for us all, I think. Um, yeah, it was really difficult. Probably the most difficult rally that I've done, you know, on the JWRC calendar. Um, I think that was also just because of the heat 
you know, at the weekend, the, the temperature was like nearly 40 degrees. So I'm not sure exactly what it was in the car, but it was definitely warm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely a big challenge. Um, you know, a lot of stages were single use because they got so rough. Um, so yeah, even then on, on the Saturday when we used the, some of the stages for the second time, that was quite difficult. Um, but yeah, it was just trying to manage things from, from Friday. It was a bit like the Portugal, um, thing where you had no service on, on the first day. So, uh, yeah, it was really after we got a puncture on the, on the first stage, it was, I think Liam and I thought it was going to be a long day. I think four out of the five juniors or six of us came out of the first stage with a puncture. John was nearly about the only person that didn't. So, yeah, it was trying to just get through that. And then after after that on Saturday, it was, um, yeah, I think it was not as rough. So it was maybe easier to enjoy it a bit more and you could push a little bit more. But yeah, all in all, it was a really difficult rally. And John, for you, before the event, you actually got to do some testing which you hadn't been able to do up to now. So like that was great to 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 see, you know, you got a, a bit of sleep time uh before the event. Yeah, that was really nice to be honest. Um I've not got too much testing this year, but I think even being able to do a test in similar conditions is uh something I've never done too much of. Um and I would say it's probably maybe the best test I might have ever done just you know, working on the setup and finding improvements with the car and uh, trying to dial out things that I've been struggling with all year. So it was very, very nice to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, a big thank you to Igor Wildlack for, for being able to put that on. And, um, yeah, he obviously organized the, the test and I was able to use his car. So that was really nice. Um, so that gave us a lot of confidence, to be honest, going into the weekend that we'd found uh, some good settings with the car and we'd um, figured out some things that I was struggling with and made them better and I just felt very comfortable with the car and it was doing what I wanted it to do so yeah that was actually really nice just being able to, to have a better feeling so um, and we, we tested in a quarry which was interesting uh, with some rough sections which uh, obviously we were going to face in Greece too and it was also quite warm in Poland as as well, so that helped them train us up for the rally too. So, yeah, it was really nice to do a test, and I think it just shows that, um, yeah, the more you can do to prepare before events with testing and uh, setup work and everything, it, it really helps you in the rally. Then. And the Super Special in the Olympic Stadium with over 50,000 people looked amazing. What was that like? Yeah, it was really cool, to be honest. Um, I've never done anything like that before. Uh, obviously done quite a few super specials now, but that was the biggest one, I would say. And uh, the Olympic Stadium was, was really cool and the stage was, was quite nice too. But uh, I opted to go for quite a strategic approach in it. And I I basically drove around without sliding the car, uh, just trying to save the tires because we had to use the same tires on Friday morning. Um, so we'd actually done a really good job with, with saving them in there, but for sure uh, it was amazing to see so many people and the atmosphere and uh, just to be able to even watch the WRC cars before we went in with our um, Rally 3 cars was, was really cool. So definitely an amazing experience. And William, John mentioned that, you know, the, the Rally 1 cars, what was it like, the atmosphere? I'm sure it was electric when Loeb got into the stadium. 
yeah, it was as John said, it was it was really cool to see those cars, and we actually went down to the the stadium, you know, earlier in the day to do the recce and stuff. So when we arrived, there was nobody in the stadium, and they were just finishing setting up some things. So it was cool to see it, you know, with no one in it, and then a couple hours later there was like 55 or 60,000 people in it so yeah and then as you can imagine when when lube started <laughs> the crowd just went crazy and yeah it was it was awesome so it was um and then obviously whenever we got to ground our cars there was there was still quite a good crowd there a lot of people had stayed on so yeah it was it was nice to get through that and yeah not to make a mistake i think um i think i was pretty nervous going into that one with so many people watching yeah and then john rally proper on friday unfortunately a puncture you know and I, I suppose how did you feel after that you know you were i think prior to that happening there was three seconds of a difference between yourself and robert um i'm sure that was just you know heartbreaking yeah friday was a difficult day um you know we'd no midday service and we, it was probably more of a survival day than anything so you know me me and brian just wanted to get through it without doing super rally basically um so yeah in the morning we we had a good first stage uh like william said i think everyone else had some issues but we got through cleanly um uh, but then after the first stage we were just chilling out um it was quite a relaxed road section so we'd stop for maybe 10 minutes and then i just decided to take a wee look under the car and i could see this fluid coming out of the the left rear uh, wheel it wasn't much but it definitely looked worrying so we took it off and then we could see that there was a a leak on the caliber um so it was leaking brake fluid so we had to try and manage that the rest of the day but it wasn't too bad to be honest like i was still getting good brakes um but then it got worse so we had to uh block off the that uh the brakes to that corner so we only had three brakes then for the rest of the day um and we got two punctures as well before the, the tire chain zone. So we had one stage remaining to do before uh, we could uh, get fresh tires without, and we had to try and avoid getting another puncture. So I drove really carefully through um, through that stage as well. Um, but then on the last day on Friday, or the last stage on Friday, sorry, yeah, we got a puncture that was quite early on in the stage and we had to stop and change it. But um, you know, uh, Brian's definitely the quickest uh, co-driver at changing wheels. I guess his day job helps him there. Um, he says if if he wasn't good at that, he'd be good at nothing. So we we changed it uh, very quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, yeah, we got on the go again within you know a minute and a half. We had it changed and on the move again, uh, which was really good. But yeah, well, it was quite. Um, quite bad dust in that stage and I think then yeah Robert had a bit of our dust so he got some additional time back again as well so it, it meant that we were almost two minutes down on him at the end of the first day um, and then from that point I think we we obviously thought it was going to be difficult to catch him on pace alone um, but we knew that it was still a long way to go and that he could have some issues too so the rest of the event, well, let's say Saturday morning was was maybe trying to stay out of trouble, but keeping a good rhythm. Um, and then towards the the end of Saturday, I started to push more to try and get some time back on Robert. But uh, 
yeah, ultimately he stayed out of out of trouble, and then um, we didn't have enough stages to to catch him back up. And William, you know, Greece is rough, um, but where you're running down the road, there's ruts, there's rocks pulled out, you know, uh, as well. Like, how do you manage to keep the car and you know, as as you know, in one piece as much as possible. And how do you manage looking after the tires? Like, I'm sure it's pretty tricky because you're still competing. You're still looking for, for you know, for your, your points and your places. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very difficult. I think a lot of it is also down to a bit of luck. Um, like on, on Friday after we got our first puncture, we, we drove slowly. And I suppose we, we actually drove maybe too slowly in one of the stages, but it's easy to say that now getting out of it, if you got another puncture and then you're, you're into super rally it's you know you'd be kicking yourself but yeah it, it's very difficult to, i don't know how much difference it makes going uh, a lot slower um you know in terms of punctures um it obviously helps but i do think a lot of it is, is down to luck as well but um yeah it, it was definitely hard on the cars particularly the the last stage of the rally there was uh, quite a lot of ruts and where the ruts had got down to the bedrock you know there's just there's no giving it whatsoever so uh, you're crashing out in the bottom of the car quite a lot but um, yeah the, the cars did quite well I think in general there was not a lot of things that went wrong and they stood up to the stages which um, yeah it was it was tough yeah and in addition to the punctures you had an issue with the wheel as well is that right yeah on Saturday Saturday morning started actually really well we had quite a comfortable rhythm and the times were quite good um, and then going into the third stage I I actually thought I had a puncture coming off off the second one in the morning, and then it turned out that the a couple of bolts in the bottom of the hub um, had came loose, and unfortunately we didn't have the the tools in the car to to get it tightened up. It was a special socket that we needed, so yeah, we we, we tried everything, um, and we were a little late going into the stage just to try and get it sorted. But yeah, there was there was nothing we could have done, and we just drove the stage at at road speed so that nothing would break and to make sure that we go back to the midday service and then after that it was kind of yeah no man's land and you know difficult to get into a nice rhythm whenever you're you know just worried about not doing anything to the car or, or getting any punctures really just trying to stay out of trouble and to keep the podium in place but um yeah it turned out quite well in the end and and john you picked up six stage wins you closed the gap to Robert, uh, I think it was 17 and a half seconds at the end. You know, again, unfortunately, this year, you know, close, but just, you know, just not close enough. How do you feel after it all? Um, it's one of those things, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's very frustrating to two years in a row. Uh, I think this year... I probably deserved it more because I didn't do a mistake on the final round. It was more, um, it was more down to a bit of bad luck. So yeah, it's it's difficult. But also in in saying that, I know that you know we had a very good week. We had a really good recce, and myself and Brian were well prepared, and we we were really relaxed to be honest and enjoying our rally. Um, and yeah, maybe we could have taken it a bit more easy and avoided a puncher but then you know we could have been too far back to to do anything then as well so yeah i think it was just it's, that's the way rallying can go and we had a bit of bad luck so obviously disappointed not to be the champion and we come very close in the end up so it's frustrating because i would have really liked uh, to achieve 
you know, a big championship. I don't have any to my name and uh, it would be nice to, to have one. So it's it's frustrating, especially with all the effort we put in to get there. Um, you know, it would be nice to repay everyone that's, you know, sponsored us this year and everyone that helped in the fundraiser on the, the lead up to Greece. Um, it would have been the, the icing on the cake to, to bring the championship back. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be. But in saying that, uh, you know, Brian is the co-drivers champion, which is, um, you know, a, a nice little, uh, let's say, a bonus from the whole um, weekend. And he worked really hard throughout the whole year. And um, also having Willie Mavidi there helping us. He's like uh, a celebrity now in the service park. But uh, we all... You know, we all had an amazing week, I would say. It was probably one of the most enjoyable uh, weeks rallying I've ever done. So probably probably don't really have any regrets, to be honest. It's just frustrating we didn't get the result. And and William, you you know, you got third place in Greece. When you look back now on, on I suppose, Greece, you know, as an experience itself, but also the championship this year, what do you take away? What's your reflections? Yeah, it's it's important to try and enjoy it. As John said, you know, it, it was a really good week and the whole year has been a lot of fun having John and Brian and, you know, all those guys there has, has made it even more enjoyable. We've had good crack and, yeah, we've had a couple of good results. Some of our, the rallies didn't go as well as they could have, but all in all, I think it's, yeah, it's been a good year and a really, really amazing experience to do the, the World Championship again. So, yeah, we have to enjoy it. But also, whenever you're in the middle of it, it's uh, it's all about trying to be competitive as well. So, yeah, it, it's been good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what the plan will be for next year, but um, it would be nice to be able to compete in, in more World Championship rounds. Um, grateful to John and William for taking the time to talk to us. And it really is a watch this space to see what the plans are for both of them now for next year. Um, also last weekend uh, was Wexford I don't know if you were following it at all Kevin absolutely absolutely uh, you know James Stafford in the Darien on a masterclass on the Saturday you know uh, two wheel drive yes I know uh, like, but dry tar might you know probably yes but should he be beaten at a, you know an R5 rally two cars <sighs> debatable but he put on a masterclass that was fantastic you know and like you know um the four-wheel drive guys had no answer to him. The rest of the modified guys had no answer to him. <laughs> he was in a league of his own. Unfortunately, the rain came in Sunday and uh, made it a bit more difficult for him. But, you know, still took away a strong second case. And there's some clips there up online of the Darien in the wet, and it was a handful, you know? <laughs> like, this yeah. guy this guy has talent, you know? There's no, you know, no denying that. The way he can control a car is a joy to watch. Um, Andrew Purcell and Andy Hayes, Took a thoroughly deserved one. You can't take it away from the two guys. Like um, Andrew Purcell there. Like he's only in the last few years, he's probably only a handful of rallies done, really, you know. Uh, it's only his second or third rally in the Skoda. Brilliant to see him taking the one. Yeah. Uh, he's really, um, I don't know what's the word, melded into that Skoda. And, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, you know, strong results on the couple of previous rallies he's done and for him to take the win delighted for him to see mm-hmm. and as for 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 james in the in the darian that darian on the dry is you know it's fantastic it really yeah. is mm-hmm. and fair play to him to because that was heavy rain when it did come down on the sunday for sure, for sure. And, and the fact he he wrestled that car to the to still finish second mm-hmm. is, is quite you know that's a, that's a feat in itself 
for sure, for sure. And then you know Daniel Barry took a, a strong third. Then he was rebuilding his confidence there from after his pre- his accident in the France there last month. So good to see him back and setting good times too. Daniel, you know we know how fast Daniel can be. That he goes away abroad, and it's good to see him back at home yeah. doing an event. And then you know Kevin Eves, uh, you know he struggled a bit on the Saturday. I'm sure he admit himself too. He just didn't seem to be. You know, he kept saying about he was missing, you know, his breaking point, he was breaking too early and one thing and all. But Sunday he come alive. He loves the dunk conditions and he all oh, the times he was setting on Sunday were just a joy. Richard Moffat, this new it's not fair calling him a new kid in the block now, but you know, he's been he's been noted over for the last couple of years in the, the two point five started. But the way he has kicked in from Galway, he's set up a fantastic pace from Galway. On the dry in, in Wexford, he was untouchable. Brilliant to see. I always love to see new new names at the top of the leaderboard. And he, he struggled, and I'm sure he admit that himself in the wet. But he still took you know, a strong result. And beating, you know, Mikko Hervenen. Like, wow. <laughs> and we'll hear, from, we'll hear from Mikko now in a few minutes. Like, it, 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 like They beat him fair and square. He had no yeah. answer to it. You know, like, he, he's not saying that he had an issue with the car or anything else. He took it on the chin. Yeah. They beat me fair and square, and like that coming from somebody at that level is just fantastic, you know. So, uh, it was just a what can I say? I don't know. <laughs> and like Andy Hayes, I have to say a word of thanks to Andy. Um, you know, I messaged him any chance of a quick chat and straight back to me, yep, absolutely no bother at all. And I just kind of joked, he said, What about a chat with me? Go, no problem, and he got it sorted, you know. So, um, hats off to the guy, um, like. We, he jokingly refers to here that you know what was the rally one to one this year Wakesford it's his home event so you couldn't be only but delighted for him to take away the one so we'll hear from uh, Miko and Andy here and their thoughts from Wakesford yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um, we watched Colin we were in Donegal and the Saturday night of the Donegal rally this year and Josh asked me you know should we concentrate on the rally or the championship and he said to me what would you rather win the Tarmac championship or Donegal I said I'd rather win Wakesford so <laughs> that kind of set the scene, <laughs> and uh, that's the way it's been. So I know. Look at uh, obviously it's just massive to win Donegal and that, but uh, no, it's, it's brilliant to win your home rally. Obviously, um, you know uh, we've a guest house here for years and years ago, and all the the drivers used to stay here back in the nineties. Mike Patterson and Philip Mine, and actually back then he was Philip was was navigating for Mike, uh, Pete Doughty, uh, and all those guys, Chris Griffiths, and all those guys. And I was only four or five years of age, and I was in awe at these rally cars in the yard every day. Uh, in the lead up to the rally um, and I'd be disappointed every Monday morning going back to school when the rally's over so you know to me it was a massive thing even just to see the cars back then I never thought that I'd actually get a chance to do the rally let alone win it so uh, it's brilliant you know, to watch kind of to, to, to do it and uh, obviously we won the rally last year myself and Josh but last year was in many stages it was during COVID there was no prize given there was no crowds around really as much so the atmosphere obviously wasn't as good then um, so it was brilliant to win it this year with, with a good crowd around and um, obviously Mikko brought a massive crowd of extras for the weekend so that really really made it and Miko, from your point of view, you know you've competed a- across the world. You know with you know every rally you can think of in the world championship, you've been there. And like this man's telling us how good Wexford was. How did you happen to come to Wexford at the weekend? Uh you know actually I don't know how how long time ago it was, but you know I've known Andy for, for a long time. Like we we used to do work to, together for Greg Breen doing the safety notes. In the past, and I got to know him back then, and uh, just now and then we stayed in contact, and 
you know, a few months ago, and just, I don't know where he got that crazy idea anyway. Like they said that they wanted to have some big shot to come and do the rally. And I don't know why my number was related on that kind of a name. But he sent me a text and asked if uh, if it could be arranged, would I be, would I be up to come and do a rally again on, on um, Millington Mark II Escort? And yeah, straight away I said, yeah, definitely. If it fits on the calendar, just sign me up. I'm, I'm coming. And, you know, you talk about, you know, a 2.5 Escort. In, we know here in Ireland how good they are. What are they like, you know, for the likes of you coming over from Finland to jump into one of them cars? It's it's a it's a really it's a beast. It's it's incredible machine. You know, I think it's uh, for me it's it's the it's the, the best car I've driven. Like it's it's really handful, but still handles so well with all the power. And and I just call it it's like a rear wheel drive uh, world rally car. It's a really in, incredible car. So uh, and then with the states, it's like you have an island. It's uh, it's not easy at at all. It's a real challenge. But you know. Every every stage was really, really a joy to go with that car. Excellent, excellent. And you know, Andy, you know, from your point of view, then, like this is only your second time sitting with Andrew Purcell. Um, like that partnership seems to be gelling really well. Yeah, yeah, it's gone, it's gone well so far. I mean, a win in a second, so I'll take that. Um, yeah, no, what's called it? Um, actually, I know, I know Andrew for years actually as well. It's truly. Through doing gravel for Craig as well. Uh, Andrew was actually the person that got me involved in doing that in the first place. Uh, and I did it with Andrew for a year or two. And then we did it with Eugene Donnelly for a year, I think it was. And then Daniel Barry and then Miko. So that was the kind of connection between actually between myself, Daniel Barry, uh, Andrew and, and Miko. So, uh, yeah, so myself and Andrew go back a long way. Um, we'd always been kind of back and forward. Would he, would he watch colors? Would I sit in for him? And, he always said to me, the day you pay an entry fee, you get you get a season. <laughs> I always say, the day you pay me, you'll you get me. So <laughs> eventually, we came to a financial agreement eventually for this weekend anyway. Don't ask who you the better of. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm lucky. Navigators are getting a bit thin on the ground these days. So he, he was a bit more desperate this year than he was other years. So <laughs> um, he gave me a shout. Um and uh, yeah, so he just gave me a shout then before Galway and said, let's do, done, let's do Galway as a warm-up, let's do Wexford. Andrew did Wexford back in 19, he raced um, James Stafford and had a, a ding-dong battle for, two, for a day and a half and then Andrew went off. So he always kind of felt it was the, the rally that got away from him and he wanted to come back and do it. So it meant an awful lot to him to come back and try and win it. And obviously for me, with my home rally, I obviously I was mad to win it as well. So it worked well, the two of us were kind of in the same frame of mind. Excellent, excellent. And you know, listening to you know Andrew at the stage end, especially you know, towards the end, he talked about the common influence you were in the car. Uh, you know, all those wee things make a difference. Yeah, yeah. I hope we, we, we put up the, the onboard of stage 15, I think it was, where the two of us we didn't more shout at each other in the car than we did text notes or you shouting and saying that we're, we're, we're going too slow and I was shouting we're going too fast. So um, but uh, no, we were supposed yeah, we were just trying trying to pace it, you know. Um and and trying trying to keep our heads right. Um, obviously, uh, it's been I think it, Andrew said I think it's ten years since he won a Tamarack Rally, so it's a big thing obviously from Andrew. You know, you're just trying trying to keep him calm and trying to keep the thing right, um, and trying to make sure that we don't do anything stupid like so. Um, there was a good bit of kind of of, of to and fro on back and forward, um, and trying trying to make sure we got to the finish line. Yeah, and like we can't go any further without mentioning the the performance of you know James Stafford on Saturday. Like he, yes, he's a local man, but the pace he was setting on Saturday was was a joy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it was a phenomenal pace. Like you know, um, 
I don't know. I, I'd rather be in, in, in the squad than in the Saturday. That's all right, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was, we're looking at times going, Christ, I don't know if I'd like to be in that job too. Because <laughs> um, uh, it's a serious speed, you know. Uh, but no, hats off to me. Drew, I'm, I'm a, a massive rally on Saturday and on Sunday, obviously, as well. Uh, and really, look, at. I think it's clear for everyone to see. The only real reason we won the rally was because the rain came so thick and heavy, you know. Uh, had it been a dry Sunday, I couldn't see his taking that time out of me, you know, or, or close to it. So uh, he, he, got, he got unlucky with the weather. Uh, um, you know, but um, to, to be fair to Andrew, he, he drove a fantastic rally himself. You know, Andrew is a very, very, very gifted, naturally gifted driver. Uh, he's very, very little seat time. Um, and the only place really that he ever struggles really is, is the likes of the, the recce, the pace notes and that kind of stuff because he's out of practice. Um, but once it gets into actually driving the car, he's fantastic, you know. Um, so uh, what you had there really was, was two... Two two really good naturally talented drivers race each other, which is brilliant. I think Mikko, we were just we we're talking about it on Saturday, you know. Uh, Mikko reckon even as well that the, the pace that Stafford is on is just for a two-wheel drive car. It's just it's, it's nuts, like really, you know. Yeah, I like Mikko. You'd appreciate that. You know how hard you were going, and to see the time that James was sticking out, you it must be hard to comprehend. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, fair, fair play. Like I, I said earlier, as well, I had. I had no answer whatsoever for the boys. Like there was, uh, there was Kevin and and Richard, uh, Gary, and uh, and James as well with Darian, and then the Skoda boys. And uh, you know, they were on their own league. Like yeah, I'm for sure getting rusty as well. But like even like on the third run through the stages where I started to remember the states and I have a had a bit of a you know idea of the car and everything. I was no match for the boys. So they are really. They were really going like hell and, and uh, you know, hats off for them. They they really know they're stuck in Ireland and, and uh, you know, the level is really high there with on, 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 on championship and local rallies as well. Yeah. And, like, you know, the car you stepped into, it's a Ryan Loughran prepared car. But, you know, before we record it, you mentioned you stepped into that car. You felt comfortable straight away. That must be great from your point of view that you don't have to then having to start worrying about setting up car and like that. You have the confidence in the car right from the start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. When I when we did the test up north on uh, on Wednesday, you know, uh, you know, I was happy that I had driven the car before as well, even though it was uh, three years ago. But I still kind of had an idea how the car is going to be, and it felt exactly like I remembered, and the setup felt really good, and uh, I didn't need to kind of question Ryan either at all about the setup, and I just didn't need to do anything. It was all about me getting used to it and um, you know trying to find the limits of the car car as well but that kind of a you know as since 2019 i've done uh, only three rallies and that's the kind of a you can still drive fast but you're not like when i make pace notes and then go to the first run you know you lose the routine and you're not so committed so that took some time to get on a pace but like i said even on the last run when everything felt perfect you know, still quite a bit missing, but but uh, you know, other than that, you know, the car and everything was just working perfectly, so there was no no complaints about that. And like Andy, I know you were helping there with the, the organization of the event. Like, I'm sure you want to make a shout out to all the guys there involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there so many. Uh, I'm, I'm nearly nervous to start naming names because I, I'll, I'll surely forget someone. But I suppose, first of all, to thank Miko and Yarno for coming over. Um, it was fantastic to have the guys over for the weekend. Um, I never give Miko compliments too easily, but I, I give him a compliment on this one. Uh, he was an absolute <laughs> gentleman for the weekend. Um, you know, there's a lot of kids around, a lot, a lot of fans around, and he watched college. He was he was signing pictures and watched college standing for selfies non stop for, for four days solid. So, um, myself and, and Yarno were in great, great form all together and everyone was delighted with, with to meet the guys so thanks very much Miko and, and to Yarno as well for coming over um, to the guys in the club like um, I suppose this year we tried to do something a little bit different uh, Kevin because it was the 50th anniversary um, so we ran 18 stages uh, which is a big ask um, and I think apart from Donegal was the longest rally of the year I think um, and obviously ran a ceremony to start in extra town which we'd never ran anything like that before uh, so it was a big undertaking for the club um, you know from a position where the last year um, when the draft calendar came out I think there was talks that we might only get a, a slot every second year and potentially even only, or maybe only one day rally so to, to hold a two day rally um, uh, on the calendar and then to have the 18 stages brilliant to have Miko over and then obviously we had Danny Willens over as well um, and doing his first Ever rally, um, so you know it. It just, I think, the, the team of organisers that were behind it, and uh, hats off to the guys. They put incredible effort in. Uh, I was never really involved in running rally before in my life. Um, I've just been, I've been going, attending the meetings and that kind of stuff for the last nine months at the rally committee. And the, what the, the work that the guys are doing is absolutely phenomenal. You know, and even their Saturday night, you know, I was talking to a couple of the guys there at half one in the morning, and, and they're still out on, on the stage and that kind of stuff, getting ready for Sunday. And the same again last night. Uh, obviously, it goes out saying to the marshals uh, yesterday that. <laughs> The watch, I think Andrew described this as you would put a dog in that weather. Um, it was her, horrendous weather. Um, and all the marshals that stood out there all day in that, you know. Um, it's what you call it, it's an incredible job. Uh, so uh, for anyone that's listened that was marshalling or volunteering anyway over the weekend, so I want to say thanks very much. Uh, really, really appreciate it. And uh, we're we're happy that it, we think we went off the weekend went off without a hitch uh, and uh, really pleased with it went. Yeah, because I you know been through social media there and everybody that's done the rally at the weekend, follow praise. You know, like one of the things that I kept coming back to me was, you know, they run the 18 stages, only lost one over the whole weekend. That speaks volume for the, the level of organisation there in the club. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, unfortunately, we lost the, the one due to the weather. There was, there was not much we could do about that, really. The, the rain came in heavy, but yeah, the, the organization to me, it, it felt fantastic, you know. And the ceremony started on Friday, really, really made it. And there was a couple of thousand people turned out in Metro Town uh, to see me go and the guys. Um, and it just really had an atmosphere in town. Uh, it's something that, you know, I think it's, it's important for Irish Rallying to bring the rallies into towns and to bring it to the general public and let people know what's on. Um, and for me, it was brilliant uh, just to see a lot of friends and neighbours and family that, you know, wouldn't be interested in rallying, normally would never go near the rally or wouldn't even know it's on really as such. Mm -hmm. They were all in town on, on Friday night and milling around and the watch called came down and saw the guys and watched a couple of interviews, had a couple of drinks in the, in the, in the pub, whatever, afterwards. And just it felt like there was a little bit of a kind of a party atmosphere around town uh, all at the back of the rally. So it just meant that everyone knew it was on and that's, I can only be for the sport, you know. So, absolutely. And Miko, from your point of view, you know, you you got this warm Irish welcome. How good did that make you feel? Never you seen those crowds out on you know the Friday evening all over the weekend too. No, it was fantastic, and, and like like Andy said as, as well, you know, it's always good to see a lot of fans and people to to come and cheers up and meet us and you know talk to us, and uh, you know also the uh, from my side as well, I want to say big thanks to to the mothering couple and all the organizers who were working for the rally because uh, you know running 
nine stages per day, it wouldn't happen in Finland. You know, it's, I think it's, it's uh, in ways it's common everywhere in the world, or it seems like it, it's more and more difficult to get, difficult to get volunteers to work and, and do events like this. And uh, I mean, oh, for sure, uh, you know, conditions are different in Finland. It's gravel and it could be dusty and all, but you know, uh, we never get in, a, even not in the Finnish championship rallies, kilometers like this for, for race. So, you know, it's, it's a fantastic that, that people come and help and organize rallies like this. You know, spectators and people can enjoy, drivers can enjoy, have a good time. So, um, you know, it's fantastic that people are still working for it and they are so passionate about rallying and it keeps it going and alive. So big thanks to all of them. It's really nice to see that there is still people and, you know, motoring clubs like that who work hard to, to uh, give people, you know, enjoyable weekend. Yeah. And, you know, speaking about, you know, other competitors and one thing another, like, how good does Kevin Eves, Richard Moffat, all these guys all feel today, you know, after competing against Miko Hervin and, you know, in their home stages, like that, to get that opportunity to compete for them must be a brilliant opportunity. How did you get on with the guys over the weekend? Uh, fantastic. You know, they are really, really nice guys. And it's, uh, it's, it's really nice to see how, you know, like... Uh, we spoke with with those guys over the weekend, and they said that you know we don't, we don't care what happens in the in the road sections, and everybody are helping. Like we were pushing uh, others if there were problems to start the car, we were helping them to push the car and get it jump started, or you know servicing the cars between the stages and all this. Like uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We get on the stages, and that's where uh, that's where we fight and we solve the uh, or you know decide who who is who. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody are all the time open and, and, and helping and, and talking to each other. So uh, fantastic atmosphere, be with the drivers as well. And they definitely, you know, deserve to take, take the kind of a crown from me in a way. I have no shame on that. They, they definitely kind of showed my place and, and uh, you know, really nice guy, guys, all of them. So I was really happy to meet them again. Brilliant, brilliant. And like Andy, from your point of view, we see the, the you know the easy banter between yourself and uh, Miko. Would you like to compete in a car together and do a rally sometime in the future? Well, sure. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's that might be a long task. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we might have hatched a bit of a plan maybe over the weekend. Uh, I, I, I was drunk last night, but I do remember my call, So <laughs> oh. I was hope I regret I said that, but you know, we uh, we make it happen. We make it happen. <laughs> yeah, obviously probably, he probably won't pay the entry fee. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll give you half an entry and I'll buy the notes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, obviously it would be brilliant. Obviously, Nico uses uh finished notes. I can barely get the notes out in English. So um, I'd say that the finish might be a bit of a stretch for me, but uh, hopefully there's, there's a small event somewhere maybe where we don't need notes or something like that. Maybe we, we get a, a crack out for, for a day. Uh, obviously, we spend a lot of time in the car together doing uh, gravel for Craig and we used to have a good bit of crack together. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's like a father figure to me, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously that, that generation above me. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you just say that I'm old. I know. <laughs> so uh, no, it, it would be great, obviously, Kevin. So and, and we had a bit of a chat in the bar last night in, in Mexico before we got left, and I said, you know what, uh, you'd have to get me the car at some point, and I'd have to see if you actually are able to drive or not, uh, or if not, I'll drive and he can navigate. <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> the scariest stride I've ever had. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, like, Miko, from your point of view, you always enjoyed Ireland. If the opportunity arose again, you wouldn't think twice about it. No, I wouldn't. You know, uh, you know, uh, every time I've been there, it's always been a good crack. And and uh, you know, like I said, it's it's the you know the people and the atmosphere around rallying and and uh, how you feel welcome. You know, if there's an opportunity again. And it fits with all the um, you know calendars and everything for sure. I'll I'll uh, I'll come again, no doubt about it. Brilliant to hear from the two lads and let you know what friendly banter that two of them boys have between them. Uh, you know, I hope they do get that that, uh, that run the two of them in the one car. I think that would be entertaining if nothing else. <laughs> um, also, last week we caught up with uh, Danny Mons, the jockey that was doing the weeks for there at the weekend. To hear his thoughts, and you know, we want to mention the, you know, the Thomas uh, Trust for Thomas, the charity again. You know, like the difference that's going to make to that family. Imperative if you can, you know, five or ten or whatever you can afford, if you can, please donate. You know, the link is there. If you go on to any of the Danny Mullen's social media pages, they're all there. So please, if you can do that, that would be greatly appreciated. And thanks again to Danny. Like he landed at the airport last night. His flight was cancelled. He still took the time to do the podcast. He's a, a, a star. So, Danny, thank you very much. And we'll hear his own, from his own words here now. Yeah, having a bit of a mad day with flights being cancelled and stuff like that. But I'll hopefully make it home tonight. It's been a busy weekend all around. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, t- you competed in the Wexford at the weekend. Like, how did the nerves, was it, you know, was there a lot of nerves built up before the start on Saturday morning and Friday evening? I don't know. I don't think there was huge nerves, you know. I suppose I, I was quite nervous before the test in uh, on Thursday, but once I got a little bit of the hang of the car on Thursday, I was happy enough that I, I wasn't going to push too hard in the first few stages. Uh, Michal was a very experienced navigator, and, and he said just, you know, get through it as comfortably as we can and, you know, start to build up a bit more speed as we get a bit more confidence in the car and get to grips with what's uh, happening underneath us. So that was kind of the case. We, we just got through the first stage and built on it from there. Excellent, excellent. And, you know, I was talking to Andy Hayes earlier and he says like he, he was overwhelmed by the crowds. It was about in the Friday night at the ceremony to start and in round service and all that. And, you know, he's putting that down to having the likes of yourself and Miko Hervin and all there. Great to see the, those crowds, and you know it's nice to see huge crowds of people again after you know after the last two years. Yeah, definitely. the The ceremonial start on Friday night it really took me back as well. You know, it's maybe something that uh, my day job, the the horse racing world, could learn from as well. I, I thought it was so fantastic to see so many people out, so many kids enjoying. Loads of kids were there asking for autographs, and you know that's. That's great. Yeah, they're the the next generation coming through in in the sport of motorsport and you know any sport. It, it's great to see young fans as well as the old fans that have been there for years. Mm-hmm. And talking about young fans, you know this. You, you mentioned last week. You know about the the trust for Thomas. You know this is what this weekend was all about. You know, a great amount of money raised. Like, and this is going to be life changing for that family. You know, and that that line still open for anybody that still wants to make donations. Yes, definitely, you know, and Thomas was sending us updates as the weekend went on, and, you know, he was delighted. I, I think he, you've got another motorsport fan now in Thomas. You know, he was big into his GAA, he's following a bit of horse racing now, and I think motorsport is going to be on the list for him as well. 
and thankfully plenty of donations are flowing in and they seem to be still flowing in so you know that's that's a worthwhile cause you know I'm lucky enough to be down there enjoying myself having the time of my life but you know to give a little back is also special as well absolutely absolutely and you know the rally itself it threw everything at you you know fantastic weather conditions on Saturday you know blue skies you know, uh, warm temperatures, and then Sunday, the pouring rain, like it threw everything at you, and you're lucky you had a good experience, man, beside you in uh, Mihal to keep you on the level. Yeah, definitely, you know, Mihal was a big part of me completing the weekend, you know, as we, we built up, we knocked time off every stage we completed on uh, on Saturday, and then the conditions on Sunday, which it was all new to me, but Mihal told me it was absolutely horrendous, he doesn't remember rallies being as bad as that with you know huge rain standing water and you know it, it was just tough going uh, I can't wait to get a look at some of the, the in-car footage from Sunday with a couple of little moments there but thankfully uh, nothing went badly wrong we got her home and like you know on your first rally to complete 18 stages no dramas hardly a work in the car like that's something to be very proud of yeah you know it, it was great and I suppose that's a testament, you know, Tom Gahan supplied the car and, you know, hit him and his team and mechanics, you know, all the lads there, they're top class, you arrive back to service, I pop out a car, you know, they had us in super shape, I hop back in and get going, uh, I, I was just there really enjoying the weekend, it's the people around me that made it happen and, and what a weekend went and it was for me. Yeah, and you talk about the people around you. You know, you had a team of sponsors there on board. You know, right from you know rallying. You know, you know people that would normally sponsor rally cars and all. And then you had horse racing side of things come, and it was great to see that the two sports come together. And as you say, that that can open up doors for for both sports going forward. Yes, definitely. And you know, I'm a brand ambassador for Tote, uh, they're a betting company within horse racing, and. Then- they followed me for the weekend to, to make a documentary about it. And even some of the jockeys that I've been chatting to over the weekend, they're itching to, to see what, what it takes to get their license and maybe compete in a rally themselves. So hopefully, you know, a, a few people from the motorsport world might uh, take a little bit of interest in horse racing because they're two very similar sports with, you know, high adrenaline, speed and horsepower, I suppose. It's a bit of a cliche, but you know, they, they can cross over nicely. Excellent, excellent. And like, for yourself, like, can imagine that come Sunday evening crossing that finish line at the end of, you know, the 18 stages, it must have been a fantastic feeling for yourself and me holding the car. Yeah, definitely. And while Sunday was very tough, you know, there, there was a few stages where drive-throughs and it was a bit stop-start. And, you know, we, Michal said to me from the start of Sunday, he said, just get this home and we'll do very well even without pushing very hard we're going to keep jumping places and then for the final stage on Sunday the rain slightly eased off with a bit of clear vision back again and we got to really push through that so it really finished off on a high for us and both myself and Michal we were we're two very happy men crossing the line to, to head back to the park firm afterwards Excellent, excellent and you know we've seen the welcome you got and you know um, and I can see, you know, talking to you, the excitement there. So I would say it wouldn't take an awful lot of convincing to get you to go again if the opportunity arose. Yeah, definitely. It's something that uh, I'd love to do again. Uh, I've gained plenty of experience over the weekend. And, 
you know, I have a busy calendar with horse racing, but if I can find a weekend, I think I'll, I'll have to have a chat with Andy to put in a word with the Wexford committee to make sure that it's on the same weekend next year. We have no jump race and it's all flat, so that suits me perfectly. So that's great to hear from Danny there. So this weekend coming then, we have the, the Oma Grand Prix, the Bushwhacker. You know, it's the one that they all want, the gravel rally that they all want on the, the trophy they want on their sideboard. So it's going to be a fascinating battle once again, Colin. Absolutely. Uh, listen, it's a great rally. It's one of the first forest rallies I ever went to. Um, I think back in oh 87 or 88 or something like that. I was at that. I was, yeah, 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, fabulous event. Always a fabulous event. Always. And, you, you know, when you say Grand Prix, you're right. Like that, those are fast, fast stages. You know, mm-hmm. compared to the normal forest stages we have in Ireland, mm-hmm. those are quick. Yeah. And, like, you know, uh, I will speak to Nile McGonagall in a few minutes. Like it's, you know, because the stages are short, nobody opens up a big gap. So it allows, you know, you can't, you can't have a, a spin you know, a, a puncher, anything like that. Even now, it says even if you stall at the start line of one of the stages, you know, you drop 10 seconds, you know, your day is practically over. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating, you know, there's no point in us talking too much about it because Nile's going to give us a top 25 and it's a strong, strong entry. So let's hear from Nile and get it from the horse's mouth. It is, it is, Kevin. Look, at the start when we opened the entries, we were kind of, very sketchy because they were kind of slow coming in, but there was a lot going on in a short space of time. You know, you had Dava, then you had Lakelands, you had Galway Hills last weekend, and now mm-hmm. you had the Bushwhacker. So I suppose everybody was gathering the coupons and maybe getting the cars already fixed again before they were putting the entry in them. Look, um, last night we'd done the seating for the event. It hasn't been published yet, but we have 97 cars starting at the moment. We're still taking entries. If somebody wants an entry, we won't turn them away, you know. Uh-huh. That's good. It's great to have 97 cars. Like it's brilliant to the forest rally. But look, it's it's great. We've swapped the thing up a bit and, and changed it up. We can't. Everybody knows it's widely known. We can't change the thing massively because yeah. we're, we're we're limited to what forest we have. Uh, but uh, like what what the club has done this year, you know, it's 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 brilliant to you know do a stage and then come back to it in the afternoon and you're doing the reverse the reverse of it. Like that takes a lot of uh, a manpower. But it, you know, it, it shows that the club's willing to listen to competitors who just don't want to do the same stage and then go back and do it again. It's, it's nice to see something like that mixing up a wee bit. Well, look, when we haven't got the road closing order and we can't join the stages up, it's kind of, well, it's short. And uh, it's short. People saying it's short. And, and, you know, but look, we're here and, and we're, we listen to everybody. So we, we, the thing we're doing with Loch Braden is, um, so you go out in the morning, you leave Oma, showgrounds, everything's based on showgrounds. Mm-hmm. You leave there and you go to Carrigaholton, which is a notorious stage, and it's the stage that everybody tells you you can take time on if you're brave, mm-hmm. but obviously you can go the other way if you're too brave. <laughs> um, you, leave, you leave Oma, you go straight to Carrigaholton, you do it. You leave there, and then you go and start the two later stages. So the first one is Glendaird, the one with the big double jumps at the start of it, mm-hmm. and then you leave it. And you go down into Sleeve Do. But then you leave Sleeve Do and go back to Loch Braden, which they haven't done. So, which is stage four, Loch Braden. And it's two way traffic up on this. And it takes you up into a wide junction where the stage starts and finishes on the same junction. So, Killian Duffy is going to be at that junction, getting the start, and then the cars come to the stop again. But when they do stage four, they come back to the stop car and then you be queued up to go on and start stage five again on 30 second intervals. Okay. So basically, you're doing two passes off the stage, but it's two different stages. Mm-hmm. So if car one, if Patrick O'Brien starts 
and he's comes back around in three months, he'll be then slotting in behind car four or car five mm-hmm. on 30 second intervals. We've done it in 2019 and it worked very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so that that's a great thing for the club. And you know, it's, it's given the, the competitors that extra loop of a stage. And you know, what a stage as well, you know, like that that Braden stage is probably one of the best ones in the country. Yeah, well then so then they leave and go to service. But when they come back out, Carrie Cahotan's in the opposite way. The two leaders are the same, mm-hmm. but they go back to Lock Braden to the same location. But they're doing it the opposite way as well, twice again. So, um, look, it's 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 going to be good. Like you know, it uh, definitely is. When you, you have to throw these wee things in here and there to make it interesting, because everybody gets to know where they're going, and, and it kind of gets to become a, a grand prix, as it's called, which it always is called. But uh, uh, fast rally, like from the uh, first stage, like everybody says, you have to be on it from the word go. You know, or you're left behind. I think that you just took, you know, the words out of my mouth. Like I've heard over the last few weeks, people have been talking about the, you know, the Bushmarkers coming up, like the Oma Grand Prix, the Donegal and Gravel. You know, what makes this rally so special? Well, look, I suppose this is the 47th year of the Bushwhacker. So in two or three years' time, we're going to have the 50th. And as I think it was, might have been your podcast the last time, somebody was talking to Desi Henry at the end of the Lakelands, and, and, and they asked him, are you going to the Bushwhacker? And he says, well, look, you can win all the gravel rallies in the country. But if you haven't won the Bushwhacker, nobody wants to know you. So it just it has that name, you know. It always has. It's been the gravel rally that everybody goes to, mm-hmm. you know. And even like this year, I know. Um, obviously, I do a bit of rally myself. The stages are short compared to what you have, and maybe the mm-hmm. lakelands or whatever. Like, um, but it just has everything. Mm-hmm. You have the massive street, but you have the technical bits that you need to watch for. And I think that's where the Grand Prix come out because everybody's on the word go from the morning, and they're flat out. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's where that came out of you. Aye, and also, like you know, with the short stages, there's nobody going to take like a 10, 15 second chunk out of anybody, so it, it leaves the margins very small, and it, there's no room for error, really, is there? Anybody spins or has a soft wheel or a puncture or has a stall on the start line, forget about it. Aye. They're not going to want the alley, and that's as simple as that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, you have to be pun perfect, and every wee thing has to be properly sorted before you start and leave service. Mm-hmm. And then, can you give us a kind of a flavour of who we can expect to be? There on Saturday, I can. Well, this is exclusive because <laughs> Andrew doesn't like it. So I'll give you the top twenty-five, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be then released tomorrow evening sometime. We'll let your podcast go live first, and then we can uh, keep the anticipation going until until the result. So obviously, it's no, no surprise. Last year's winners, Patrick and Stephen O'Brien, is number one, and they're a photo this year, obviously. Uh, the man that's on form at the minute, Desi Henry, is number two. Okay. He won five million and he's a two-time winner of the Bushwhacker as well, 2017-2019. And three is Cahan McCourt. He's out in the, and he's a new Fiesta that he, that he debuted in Lakelands. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Hone is number four, the man that's fighting for the championship with mm-hmm. Patrick O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And at number five is our international man, Martinez Simpsonis. He's back for another athlete. He was second in 19 and it was so close, so he's bringing a, a Skoda this year. We know how fast so, he is. <laughs> I think that, that's going to make the thing interesting. Now. Mm-hmm. We always like to have a cat upon the pigeon, so that's, that's definitely... That's uh-huh. Six is Conor McCourt, who is going well at the moment. Yeah. He was third in the next dance. Great mm-hmm. run. Yeah. Um, seven is Jason Mitchell, the man that was leading the rally last year after the first stage. Mm-hmm. He needs to maybe get to the finish of it more often. You don't mind me saying that. Um, <laughs> eight is another previous winner, Mark Donnelly. And the Fiesta. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine 
as Gary Jennings. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody knew he was going. I don't even think he knew himself because everyone on yesterday. But um, ten is an all-local man, Gareth Mumia. If he gets a clean run, he'll not be far away either. Yeah, yeah, he's got mm-hmm. his belt in the show. Mm-hmm. Eleven, Johnny Leonard, and an R5 Fiesta. That's a Niall Henry's old car, the right-hand drive one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Twelve is Keith Power, uh, Southern Forestry man, the winner of the Carlo the Carlo Rally mm-hmm. Um So we're skipping one for thirteen. So fourteen is Derek McGarry, nice Skoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifteen is Alan Carmichael, and Hyundai. Mm-hmm. Sixteen, uh, McGarry's actually the previous winner, obviously as well. And then sixteen is another previous winner, Martin Cairns. And then 17, we have Derek Michael on his Evo. And the start of the two-wheel drive from Madman then is uh, 18, David Condell. 19, Adrian Hellington. 20, Shane McGear. 21 is Alan Smith, who won the Lakelands two-wheel drive. Yeah. Uh-huh. And local man's won't yeah, be well on this one. Man. Mm-hmm. He's had a great run here in the Evo on his past time. Mm-hmm. Two. Uh, 22, John Gordon. 23, Mickey Conlon. Then we're back to a bit of four-wheel drive stuff. We have Paul Britton at 24 and Sean Devine at 25. And that's not the end of our fire. No. Like they, they do keep going, you know. It's a breakdown the field. Like they might that, be uh, you know, that is quality and, uh, that's quantity and quality there without, a, a, you know, that's, you know, that top 12, easily you can pull a, a name out of the hat and you have a potential one or there. Well, there you are there. Just give me two seconds and there's, in the top 15, there's five previous winners of the rally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's definitely the top 12 or 13, anybody could win the rally if, mm-hmm. if things didn't go people's ways or, or whatever, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be absolutely crazy because Paddy needs to beat Jordan. I for the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the rest mm-hmm. of the boys want to beat Paddy. So it's going to be mad from the start, you know. Uh-huh. And I could even watch your hand run the head of the field and you don't know what's going on. You're coming out of the stages and you're asking all the boys to stand there, how did you hear anything from the last stage, <laughs> what's happening, what's going on, you know. Yes. Uh-huh. It's hateful to me because I'm normally one of the boys that stand there, Dan, and you know what's going on. <laughs> Seeing that type of thing. And uh, you know, and then just for the, the casual spectator, where can they expect to see the carriage? You know, like what time roughly will they be in service and you know where is service going to be based? That's great. We're on the whole we're on the whole event again this year from the Oma showgrounds on the Gilly Gully Road in Oma, right. just basically on the outskirts of the town. Yes. Um they will be there Friday night scrutiny, starts at six o'clock. And it'll be over about nine-ish. Mm-hmm. And then the cars will leave there on Saturday morning, just after nine o'clock. They'll be all leaving there and heading straight out to carry the home. And they'll be back again at service at about five to one. Mm-hmm. And it's only one service. So they'll be back there about one o'clock and they'll be there for an hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll be leaving there again, back for the big funny tramp again. And, uh, and hopefully you're going to be there doing the, doing the, doing the champagne spray. Um, at about, it's probably around closer to five. Right. So, uh, but look, there's loads of spectator points in the programs. There is a program for the event, and it's going to be in all the shops, all Niall McCullough shops in Oma, mm-hmm. uh, probably from tomorrow morning. So, and there'll be also programs available in the service here. So, if anybody's coming to the event, make sure and support us and buy a program, and that's what keeps the whole thing turning. Because you know that that is vital. That you know, for a club's point of view, they need revenue coming in. You know, to make these this event happen next year. So, like, please, I know it's taken a lot, a lot of money to run. Yeah, you can see the tourist parents cancelled there the last round. It uh-huh. does this mental, you know, first hand. Like, mm-hmm. from five minutes on the bus worker, it takes a massive amount of money now to fix roads and stones and mental prices. So mm-hmm. People ask you why did the entry fee go up money? That's easy. That's an easy answer. Uh-huh. You know. 
diesel, all the diggers from the forest now have to be on a white diesel. Uh, you know, you're going to be acquired by a stone from a white diesel, and all these pressures from white diesel. That's uh, just getting uh, getting crazy. And then, you know, the, the other thing, like marshals and officials there, you know, they're all there on a voluntary basis. Obey them, you know, don't be giving them grief. You know, everybody's there yeah, for a good day, there. you know. Like, we have a chief marshal in the top bar, Rumble. <laughs> and I don't think if you went to pick a better man, it's not possible to get him. You couldn't no. make a better person. Aye. You know, a chief marshal's went to round up all his marshals and get his team ready. We were going out last summer. We were out all last weekend, said no. And we went to go out last Saturday morning to the two clears and start them and drive folks and get all the arrows up. Went on the stage and the more we drove through, the whole stage was set up, you know. And there was no word to anybody there. Mm-hmm. And we got up to the second theater, and it was all more or less set up. And somebody said, Ring Barry. Ring Barry says, I was there last night at 10 o'clock myself. He says, Right, all day yesterday. You know, where do you get people like that? That's not, you know. No. Somebody like Barry is priceless. I don't think nobody understands, unless you're on it, and the Republic doesn't, nobody understands what takes their own mm-hmm. There's a big team of us that's yard up, you know, and the same people every year. And we're out. And Sunday morning we'll be there again at nine o'clock, a hangover or no hangover. And quicker and because and you know, know the forest goes back in there again Monday morning of their log and But if anybody is out for getting make sure and, 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 and obey the marshals because they're they're there on a voluntary basis, as you say, Kevin. Uh-huh. But they're there to do a job. They're being trained, and they know where and where not to stand and what to do and what not to do. That's for sure. That is for sure. And, like, you know, uh, touch wood, the Waller God seem to be playing ball with us. So, you know, hopefully everyone is a safe and good, you know, well, good Waller and good, safe weekend. I was standing in Carrigo Open on Sunday at 12 o'clock, and I did not think the Waller was going to be good. <laughs> It does give good uh, the week, the sunshine, the day. So hopefully uh-huh. we're, we're back out on the stages now. The rest of every day, the rest of the week, and it makes our job a lot easier, and That's it makes right. the competitor's job a lot easier, and even the marshals, timekeepers, everybody stand out there. So you can't do. That was great. Now and uh, interesting that the weather is looking good for the weekend. So hopefully that is the case because um, I'd hate that event to be spoiled now with a spot of rain mixing up the results. Yeah, and like in the forestry and a bit of dust, you know, it adds to the photographs and everything. Yeah. So that'll be fantastic. There's no doubt about it. So that's episode 31. So once again, thank you all very much for tuning in. Like the, you know, it's mind blowing the, the great response we've been getting over the last months now at this stage, you know. So please continue to like, share, rate the podcast. All those things make a huge difference. And thank you all once again. Until the next time, take care, speak soon, and bye. <laughs>